Tonight, God's Word comes to us from the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 30. Exodus 30, we're going to begin our reading at verse 17 and then read just through verse 21 of this chapter. Exodus 30, beginning at verse 17, what we hear now is God's word. The Lord said to Moses, you shall also make a basin of bronze with its stand of bronze for washing. You shall put it between the tent of meeting and the altar, and you shall put water in it, with which Aaron and his son shall wash their hands and their feet. When they go into the tent of meeting, or when they come near the altar to minister, to burn a food offering to the Lord, they shall wash with water, so that they may not die. They shall wash their hands and their feet, so that they may not die. It shall be a statute forever to them, even to him and his offspring throughout their generations. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. We continue our study of the temple, excuse me, the tabernacle and its furnishings and how these point to the work of Jesus Christ. Uh, We have looked at the overall structure of the tabernacle, how it was a reflection, it was a model uh, based on heaven itself, and how it, it spoke of their approach to God. It shows us the work of Jesus Christ. And we looked at that particularly last week in that first furnishing, uh, the altar of burnt offering. And we looked at that altar of burnt offering last time as a picture of the work of Jesus Christ and His sacrifice for sin. How in the shedding of His blood, we are cleansed from all of our sins. We talked about Christ being the complete sacrifice, being the final sacrifice, being the once-for-all sacrifice. No more sacrifices needed. Jesus did it all. If that's the case, that the altar is a picture of the removal of all of our sins, then why the basin for washing. Is God being redundant? Is God repeating himself? Yes, in the shedding of Christ's blood, we're holy and completely washed from all of our sins, the picture of the altar. But then why the basin? Now, to be sure, There were some differences between the altar and the basin, some significant, some insignificant. The altar was square, the basin was round, insignificant difference. And the altar is well-defined. We know its dimensions, how wide and how high. The basin is not. The altar, the work of wood and bronze, The basin made of bronze only. One is for fire. One is for water. 
One, the altar is for the sacrifices of all the people, the basin to be used by the priest only. God is not repeating himself. The basin is not redundant. But the basin teaches us another lesson about the removal of our sin. And in the basin, we have another lesson about the work of Jesus Christ. Tonight, we look at the bronze basin for washing. We said, uh, with regard to the placement, with the altar being there first, it was the first thing they saw as they entered the courtyard of the tabernacle. It was was seen and to be used by all who would come into that courtyard. In that sense, the altar was an initiatory rite to prepare to enter into the presence of God. It was a picture of the removal of sin, and as such, as an initiatory rite, the first thing they encountered, it is connected with the spiritual work of regeneration, of having new life. And, and, and certainly there are other places in Scripture where <clears throat> the idea of washing, cleansing, is also connected with regeneration, our new life. As, as an initiatory rite into the Christian walk with God. We think of, of baptism, that picture of washing and cleansing, as that initiatory rite as one comes to faith. We could go back just a, a chapter in Exodus, back to the beginning of chapter 29, when the priests began their work, there was a washing for them. 29 verse 1. Now this is what you shall do to them to consecrate them, that they may serve me as priests. Take one bull of the herd and two rams without blemish and unleavened bread, unleavened cakes mixed with oil, and unleavened wafers smeared with oil. You shall make them of fine wheat flour. You shall put them in the one basket and bring them to the basket and bring the bull and the two rams. You shall bring Aaron and his sons to the entrance of the tent of meeting and wash them with water. As they were entering into their service, that initiatory rite, there was a washing with water, a picture of entrance into service. We think about in the New Testament when Jesus has his his interaction with Nicodemus. He says he has to be born of water in the Spirit, a picture of washing of regeneration. Titus chapter 3 has the same reference of washing and regeneration. So then I I have to ask myself the question once again, which I asked many times this last week, then why the basin? If the altar speaks of an initiatory rite, why the basin? The basin speaks of a different type of cleansing. The necessity not only of of the altar washing with the shed blood of Jesus Christ, that once-for-all sacrifice, but the basin speaks of an ongoing cleansing, of an ongoing washing, not because the first was insignificant and didn't do its job, 
just like the priests were initially washed, they would then wash throughout their service. The first wasn't, wasn't ineffective. It was a different picture. It was a different image for them. It was a reminder that even though they would undergo this initial washing, there was still defilement in their ongoing service to God. They would be, they would be uh, offering up uh, goats and bulls, and they would get uh, uh, dirty and have to be washed again. An ongoing need for this washing. That's the picture in the basin. This ongoing washing for the ongoing removal of the defilement that still clings to us. If I can put it this way, if the priests did not wash at the basin, they would not have stopped being Israelites. They would not have stopped being priests. But they would not have been washed and ready for the service God had called them to. The need of an ongoing washing. A washing by Christ through His Word, where He instructs us and teaches us. Psalm 119, how shall a young man keep his way pure? By being guarded by your word, the need for purity coming from the word of God. In, uh, in Hebrews chapter 10, we read of a washing that takes place. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 14. For by a single offering, that's altar, for by a single offering he perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. That's basin. By a single offering, he perfected for all time, that's the altar, those who are being sanctified. That's the basin. Because we continue to be defiled by sin. We continue to struggle with sin. Jesus himself uh, recognizes the difference of these two washings. When he washed his disciples' feet. In John chapter 13, we read this. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, what I am doing for you, you do not understand now, but afterwards you will understand. Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And what does Jesus say? Jesus says, the one who has bathed does not need to wash except his feet, but is completely clean. The one who has bathed, the one who has gone to the altar and knows the shed blood of Jesus Christ doesn't have to do that again, but does need to continually come to the basin to recognize the distinction between, between Christ's work of cleansing and the ongoing defilement that must be removed. Even though there was an altar cleansing, there was also a need for a basin cleansing. And remember, they did this as they were coming into the presence of God. That's the reason for their washings. They are getting ready to enter into God's presence. And so these two pictures 
the altar washing and the basin washing, if you want to put it in more, I guess, theological language, the distinction between the two. It is similar, it is similar to the distinction between justification and sanctification. Justification is that one-time declaration by God that we are not guilty. That's altar. Sanctification is the ongoing work of the Spirit in our lives by which we actually start to become more and more like Christ. That's the basin. Having been washed at the altar, once for all. They now need the ongoing cleansing from the basin. Or to put it a different way, the ongoing sin which we commit does not affect our standing with God, but it does affect our communion with God. Having been cleansed at the altar, we are called as God's people once for all. And nothing we do can change that standing that we have. But when we deliberately choose to reject God's ways, to go our own ways, that sin affects our communion with God, affects our fellowship with Him. We see the same thing in a marriage relationship. When a husband and wife argue, they're still husband and wife. They're, they're, they're still married. Their standing hasn't changed. But certainly their relationship has been damaged. Still married, but not, not in close fellowship with each other. Our sin doesn't change our standing with God but can affect our communion with God. And so I guess we have to say that when we begin to feel like we are far from God, when we begin to feel that God has forgotten us, one of the questions we have to ask is do we need to return to the basin? Is there some besetting sin in my life that is keeping me from that close fellowship with God. Our standing isn't in jeopardy, but our communion certainly may be. Tonight we read Psalm 51, one of my favorite psalms in the Psalter. David's psalm, which reminds us of the fullness of God's forgiveness. And in Psalm 51, verse 12, David says, after his sin, he says, restore to me the joy of your salvation. He doesn't say, restore to me my salvation. That was not in question. But restore to me the joy of your salvation. That's, that's the basin. The ongoing cleansing of sin because of the defilement that still clings to us. We see this, this picture, this approach to God, even in our own worship. Sunday morning, we approach God at His call. We sing to Him a psalm of praise. And one of the first things we do is we, we confess our sins to God. Not because we're afraid that we're no longer saved. 
we confess our sins to God on the basis of the altar washing. Because we know we have been chosen by God and now want to live in the way that's pleasing to Him, and yet throughout the week we sin and we fall short, and so we come to God for that basin washing. Wash me of my continual sin. Wash me and cleanse me. We, we need that ongoing work in our lives. As we approach God in worship, as we, as we live throughout the week, we begin the week, first day of the week, we are in the Lord's house. And we are reminded of the altar washing we have once for all, and we're reminded of the, of the basin washing that we have but we leave God's house and we go into our week and we are defiled by the things around us. We are defiled by the thoughts of our own hearts and our own lives and we need to come back once again to be reminded that yes, the altar, our altar position has not changed, but that ongoing washing of renewal, that washing of cleansing, that we might be restored to the fellowship we have with God and might be restored to the service of God for the next week. God has put rhythm and structure in time that again and again we come back and are reminded of the finished work of Jesus Christ on our behalf and the ongoing work of Jesus Christ on our behalf. How, how does this washing take place, this basin washing? What is the means by which that happens? It is very similar to the means by which the altar washing happens. The washing is done by Christ's blood and Christ's spirit. Christ's spirit applies the finished work of Christ to us. He, he is the one who, who, who works in us to change us, to, to conform us more to the ways of God. He is the one who, who, who causes us to have thoughts and actions and words which are now pleasing to God. He, he washes us in renewal. He, he gives us His Word, teaching us how we are to live. Again, from the book of Hebrews, that same chapter, Hebrews chapter 10, Verse 14, for by a single offering he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. And the Holy Spirit also bears witness to us for after saying, this is the covenant that I have made with them after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their hearts and write it on their minds. The work of the Spirit to wash and cleanse us by putting the law within us, giving us that sense from God when we have violated that law or when we're living in concert with that law. From, from the book of 1 Peter, we have some of that same distinction being made. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22, having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for the sincere brotherly love, Love one another earnestly from a pure heart, since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding Word of God. Being, being renewed by the Word. Being renewed again and call, <coughs> called to faithful living to God. And that's why, kids, that's why we don't just listen to one sermon in our lives and be done. We come back again and again and again. 
to be reminded of what God has done for us, the altar cleansing that we have, but also to be renewed in that basin cleansing. We don't, we don't go to church once and say, well, that's it for me. I'm done now. But that ongoing reminder of the work of the Spirit through the power of the Word, the Word that warns us, how are we to keep our way pure? We, to, we are to avoid those things which will take us away from bringing glory to God. A word which tells us how we should live. What are those things that we should do to, to live in a way that brings glory to Him? A word that, that gives us comfort, reminding us that God is at work within us. When we come for that basin washing, it is not an indication we are not children of God. It's an indication we are children of God. He has, he has put his law within us, and we recognize our fallenness, our sinfulness, and we want that cleansing, that renewal once again. And so we come back, and, and we are comforted that God doesn't cast us out. God doesn't say, look, you've had the altar washing, but that's it now. No more, you're done. Now he continues to wash us, to cleanse us by the power of his spirit through the working of the word in our hearts, in our lives. The spirit of God working in the people of God by the word of God. That's the ongoing cleansing and renewal that we all need. And so that must be our prayer. When we prepare to, to come to God's house, our prayer must be that God would use that ministry of the Word, the Spirit would use His Word to warn us, challenge us, cleanse us, and renew us. The Spirit would take that preached Word and He would, he would apply it to our hearts and our lives that we might have a, a, a greater desire to live and to walk in the ways of God, that he might prepare us for service. The priest underwent the basin washing before they did their service. That God might, might remove those ongoing stains, that we might be more serviceable for him and live and act and walk in ways that show our, our devotion, that show our love, that show our gratitude for what he has done for us. The bronze basin for washing. Yes, the basin is a picture of being washed. Not the initial altar washing by the shedding of blood. If, if you are here tonight and have never recognized Jesus Christ, have never embraced Jesus Christ, do not know what he has done, that shedding of blood for you, then you need to undergo an altar washing. You need to, you need to turn away from your sin and embrace him tonight, his finished work once for all. But if you have done that, and you know the washing of the altar, then we need to pray for the washing of the basin, that God in his grace and his mercy would, would continue to renew us, would continue to cleanse us, would wash us and make us more ready for service in his glorious kingdom the bronze basin for washing, the ongoing removal of our sins. Let's join together for prayer.
Lord our God, we do thank you for the pictures you give us in your word, pictures of the work of Jesus Christ. Lord God, help us to be good students of that word, to look carefully into your word, to see the truth you've given to us there. We thank you for the altar washing that you provide, the shed blood of Jesus Christ, which once for all washes away our sins and makes us your children. But Lord God, we thank you also for the basin washing, that as we are defiled by the world, defiled by our own thoughts, defiled by our own actions, you don't leave us in that filthy state but you, by the power of your word and spirit, wash and cleanse us continually, week after week after week, that we might be used by you. Lord God, wash us, cleanse us, use us for your honor and for your glory. Hear our prayer, for Jesus' sake. Amen.